Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Hello, my love. Yes, we are glad you've joined us. Thank you very much. Okay, I've got a tough question for you, though, at the very beginning of the show. Are you ready? Okay, go you, for it. Are you ready to You call me my love, so I think it'll be good. So it'll be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you ready to talk about something people don't like to talk about? Oh, that's a good tease, Norm. Oh. Uh, you got my attention. Okay, okay. So the topic for our show today is arguments or fights. When was oh. the last time we had a good one? A good argument or a fight. I got to think about that for a minute. Okay, wait. I know we disagree on things from time to time, but you know... I think it's I think it's been years since we've had a really big fight. I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time. Can you? <laughs> Actually, I didn't have one in mind. You're right. Oh, okay, so, good. So, no, on I, the same I can't. team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to look very far in our world to find other oh, people fighting, though. That's true. Oh my goodness! Just look on social media, watch news, talk, listen to the radio, and if that's not enough in real oh. life, watch the fiction shows because they've got plenty of it there too. I mean, drama's drama. <laughs> But we're going to focus on relationship arguments, the ones at work, the ones at the family, members, friends, most of all, couples. Yeah, so we're staying away from politics and all that yeah, crazy yeah, yeah, stuff no. in the culture. But, you know, arguments happen in every single relationship. So if you're in a relationship, which I hope you are in some way, if you are you were born to somebody, so you have That's somebody right. that you have somebody. a relationship with, you're going to have a fight or an argument. So here's a common example. All right, so you're tired of his shoes left at the side of the bed. You almost tripped getting up at night, so the argument begins. Why do you have to leave your stuff all over the place? Just put things away. And then he glares at you and he says, really? So you're Miss Perfect? And then the argument begins to escalate from there and nothing gets resolved, but at the end, you're both very, very upset. Okay, I got one, I got one, Uh-oh. I got one. That wasn't you, by the way. Do you? I know it wasn't, <laughs> but this was you. Remember early in our marriage when I used to be <clears throat> concerned that you squeezed the toothpaste tooth tube in the middle? Like, really? That is, that is probably what a lot of couples fight over, but there is a device you can get to help with that. <laughs> we, we did a marriage seminar one time. I talked about that, and the next day somebody brought that device. <laughs> they did, so you can Here, squeeze it. Don't, I know. Don't fight anymore. That was really, cra- it was really crazy. Who well, knew? Blaming doesn't work. We know that. Right. It, it, it's, it's not a good way to fight. So let's talk about, is there a way that we can argue better and mm. maybe even more productively? Well, that's why we're calling this a good argument, a good way to have a fight, because you do have to be able to express yourself. You do have to be able to be open and listen. And at times, you do have to make complaints. And I'll get into that a little bit later, how that differs from criticism. But none of that includes blaming each other. So good fights always begin, Norm, with some relationship rules. 
Hmm. Oh, I like that. So are there relationship rules that we could call the rules of engagement? Yes, that's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly right. There are certain rules that should be established before you start to argue. So there are basics, things that you need to do that are going to make a really big difference when you do actually have an argument or a fight. The first one is no swearing, because that doesn't go well for people and it escalates things. Second one is no yelling, because yelling, again, starts working up that amygdala in your brain, mm-hmm. which is the emotional centers and gets you going. And then this one is really important, no name-calling or no disrespectful behavior. Okay, I can't remember a time I've done any of those things. Mm, I, I, can't, mm, I think we're pretty good maybe. on that one. I think we're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've done that. <laughs> Not knowing those rules until today, I think we've abided by them. Anyway, but here's one. My mom told us before we got married, she said, now, now, kids, I need to give you a rule about your marriage. Remember this. Don't ever use the words never or always when you're in an argument. I know. She was so sweet. She didn't really tell us a whole lot of things in no, terms of before we got married. <laughs> but I do remember that when she did. I remember we were down in our basement yep. and she sat us both down yep. and she said that she told us that exact rule. And it was really good advice because those words always and never are exaggerating a problem. Mm-hmm. And people just don't do things never or always. And when you use those words, it really makes you defensive. Well, because it shuts off the conversation. Mm -hmm. You always, well, uh, that's always impossible. (laughs) But I think we've done really well keeping her advice. In fact, whenever we do disagree, somehow my mother's voice pops in my head. (laughs) Well, it's good. We 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 kind of keep it tame, and that's going to be one of the things that we really need to think about. Uh, one reason for you and I, I think that we haven't had these, you know, just full blown knockout arguments, is because we both had parents who didn't break those rules, mm-hmm. and they were very calm in their fighting. You know, I can only remember a handful of serious arguments my parents had over the years, Norm, when I was living at home, but they never resorted to those things that we just mentioned. They did their, raise their voices at time, but, you know, to me as a child, it never felt scary, and their arguments were not mean or disrespectful, and I think that's why I'm not uncomfortable with conflict. Mm-hmm. I'm a family therapist. Mm-hmm. I deal with conflict all the time, but I didn't see, I didn't have role models where it was out of control or upsetting when I was growing up. So our parents serve as role models for how to fight. And yet mine were very, very different than yours because when we were engaged and working over the summer before we married, I remember the volume in your house of conversations <laughs> scared me because there was so no loud. volume in mine. Loud right. German parents were not like my quiet German parents. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what we're really talking about is how disagreements are handled Mm -hmm. in any family, and especially in couple relationships. And you don't want to do it when you don't want to have tempers being really hot and losing your temper. And then what happens when that when that occurs is that you start to say things that you later regret, and it boy, it's it's hard to undo those words. You know, I do remember that your parents did seem to have the same argument over and over again it's about true. the same, I don't know, two or three things, and they were never resolved, but how they argued was not scary or destructive. They didn't stop talking to each other or stay angry. In fact, I always marveled how minutes after your parents broke off from an argument— they were talking normally again, and uh, Bill, turn on the TV or do something. I was like, wait, you were just heated, I thought, yeah. and yet they weren't. Yeah, and so those fights didn't lead to intense anger or hurt feelings. 
And one of the most important things to remember when you fight is to really be aware of your anger. Mm -hmm. If anger escalates for either of you or both of you, there needs to be a pause in what we might call an adult timeout, right? You have to stay calm or the fight will escalate to a bad place. Okay, I remembered another one. There was a time early in our marriage when you became so angry with something I did. Heaven help me, I have no idea what it was. But we were having a fight. I, this wasn't an argument. It was a fight. And mm -hmm. you got really angry. Yeah, I remember that. And I don't remember what it was about either. Uh, <laughs> Probably pretty worthless. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what you did? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> not sure how I accomplished this. I marched you two to a bedroom and locked you in. <laughs> For that, I said, oh, "Okay, but so to be clear, we're not recommending no. this as a strategy. <laughs> Do not lock your partner in a room." But the reason you did it was because you wanted me to take a time out. And we had not discussed what to do when we became very angry with each other because it didn't happen very often, right? But when you are angry, you just can't resolve anything because your thinking brain goes mm. offline mm. and all you're doing is reacting. <laughs> But I think I was really spiritual as the head of the household and told you to pray about it. <laughs> you did. You did. And I have to say, that made me really of angry when you told me that. But, you know, about after 15 minutes, Norm, and boy, I have, I have vivid memory of this. I have vivid memory of the room. I remember the color of the walls and everything in there. I actually did pray because I knew that my reaction was not healthy. And fortunately, that never happened again. But it does speak to having some rules ahead of time. So I should have said to you, hey, I'm, I'm worked up. I need a time out. I'm too angry to continue. I have no idea how we reconciled the whole thing. You do you? Because no, clearly, but we did. We did. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not always the case. Uh, when couples fight often and they don't resolve things, it leads to emotional withdrawal and distance. And we know that that's a problem in any relationship. It's often a predictor of divorce. So unhealthy fighting creates emotional distance, which you don't want to create. Well, and you don't want to ignore it either, right? No, you don't. Avoiding conflict's not a solution. Arguing without damaging the relationship is the goal. What about the times we argue just because we are desperate to win the point? That's a really good uh, thing to bring up because a fight, in a fight, you can lose track of the, even the issue and you just want to be right or you want to win. And usually when you want to win, you're not thinking about how you might be hurting the other person in the process. So winning a fight is not the goal. The goal is to work through the problems. Is it important to make time to talk about something when you're calm, I suppose, to keep it from simmering and boiling over ahead of time, preventative? Absolutely. If you, if you don't make time to talk, then negative feelings, resentment are going to build up. They're going to become explosive. So step back and ask yourself if there's anything that's bothering you that you do need to talk about. Uh, Self-examination time? Yes. In couples therapy, we do a temperature check, ah. which means we sit down every night. We ask how the day went. Are we doing okay? Yeah. You don't want to have a low-grade fever. <laughs> well, you could have a low-grade fever if you address it, because if you don't do something when you're sick, it just gets worse and worse, right? So do they get, is that the root of most arguments, just avoiding yeah, the Yeah, simmering, 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 resentment and simmering. Okay. So what about the timing of an argument? What do you think? Well, if you're if you're stressed, if you're upset, if you're, you know, tired, all those things, you're dealing with too much, just wait. Don't do it then. Hmm. So listening is important no matter when you do it. Yes. We have to listen and not always be defending our position. I got it. Great advice. We've got more coming right after the break. When we return, I'm going to ask Dr. Linda how criticism 
impacts fighting. We'll be right back. Stay with us. More on the Dr. Linda Mental Show right after this. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asks this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I, I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work? Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in Him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry. Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Hey, just a reminder, you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, Dr. Linda Mental, and Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. Listen, you can also hear our podcasts on MyFaithRadio.com. Take us anywhere, anytime, That's right. or on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go back to MyFaithRadio.com. I don't know, Linda, maybe people should listen to the podcast instead of fighting. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Hey, have you ever tried putting in my name and misspell it to see? Because a lot of people write Dr. Linda Mental. Huh. And they it's, call me Dr. Mental, which is... Yeah, funny. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I know the teenagers all yeah, do it's that. It's M-I-N-T-L-E. So it's mental, actually. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember my dad telling people his name was like Mickey Mantle, only with an I. But nobody Mickey knows Mantle who that was, is. Well, back when I was a kid, <laughs> Mickey Mantle was a big baseball star. They knew. <laughs> so I say mint. I say mint. mint. And That's then L-E. Good. <laughs> little, little ways to remember and find us on social media, right? That's <laughs> uh, a good one. All right, back to the show. Today, we're talking about having a good fight, learning how to do it well, if that's possible. I don't it know. is we can, possible. Okay. Yes, absolutely. You have to know how to do this. All well. right. So, I know from other shows that you've done that criticism during a fight, now this is important, criticism during a fight can take things in a really wrong direction. Yeah, and I think that is one of the things early on in the marriage I had to learn not to do because it was real, it's really easy when you're mad at somebody or you're upset about a difference to start criticizing. Well, you lash out, right? It's right. A, it's a natural human tendency, unfortunately. But, Norm, it's what marital therapist John Gottman calls one of the four horsemen of the relationship apocalypse Ooh. because it is a warning of coming doom. So, it's criticism, which leads to defensiveness, mm-hmm. which leads to feelings of contempt, Ooh. which leads to stonewalling and then splitting apart. Does that happen fast? No, it's over time. Okay. But criticism uh, uh, is something you don't want to keep doing in a relationship. So when you get comfortable criticizing, that it's bad. leads you. Yeah, yeah. then you I get defensive you. on a constant basis. So leave criticism and anger at the door. Don't start with a verbal bomb, basically. Mm-hmm. Complain. Now, you can make a complaint, 
but you don't want to do it where you're criticizing the person. So let me give you an example. So for example, I want to, maybe let's say I want to talk about our spending. Maybe I feel like it's getting away from us and we need to to talk about it. Oh, because you're spending too much? No, no. This is a fake, (laughs) this is a hypothetical. We don't have this issue. I'm using an example (laughs) here, okay? So let's say it's getting away from us and we need to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. So if I say, hey, I think our spending's, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about our spending. I'd like to talk about it. It feels like it's kind of getting away from us versus if I say to a person, my partner, your spending's out of control and you're being really irresponsible. Yeah. Now, how would you feel on the second one? Well, I wouldn't like either one probably because I know where you're going. <laughs> but okay. I get the point. You're confusing it's, the it's, audience. Isn't that what we call a soft start? Well, yes, we'll get to that in a minute, oh, but, but the idea is I'm trying to get everybody to see the difference between a criticism right. versus a complaint. Yeah. You have to make complaints. Sure. You have to bring up problems. Okay. okay. But you don't want to start hot in the zone and bring out the gloves and start banging away. I get it. Yeah. So that's about language. That's communication. Right. Think about your words. Are you talking about the problem? Or are you criticizing the person? Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. So if you criticize the person, they're going to just get defensive, like mm-hmm. we talked about, and then the fight is lost. Yeah. Also, now you brought it up. You have to start soft, what we mm-hmm. call a soft approach, not harsh. So an example of that would be, "Hey, honey, I want us to figure out something together." Ooh, rather now than, you got me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Rather than yeah. you are so frustrating because you leave your stuff everywhere. Say, one, I'm criticizing the person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's better to say on that one, I feel frustrated by something that's probably easy to fix. I bought you a brand new tube of toothpaste. (laughs) We have left that argument years ago. (laughs) But the soft startup is the point, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just lashing out at the person to do it in a softer way. Okay, but one of the things I'm trying to, I think in my own (laughs) feeble way, make a point is even if your approach is a good one, the other person could be defensive and, and, and be reactive to that. Yeah, right? and get really angry. That's true. Um, and if things get out of hand, then you have to really think about, okay, we have to do something now to repair the damage mm-hmm. that's been done. Mm-hmm. And the best repair to something that's gotten out of hand is to apologize. Always. And just say, I'm so sorry for getting angry. And that at least will signal to your partner that there's a willingness to take responsibility and work towards reconciling the problem. It'll also keep things from escalating if you do that. Which is what we should have done years ago in that crazy example. I think we ended, I think I did eventually come back. But I, not know, at the beginning. We no. didn't, we didn't took moderate. Us a while. Yeah. We, well, we were learning. We were young. But we repaired it. And that is so important when you have an argument is go back and be humble and repair and say you're sorry. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, what do I do? Well, that would be the best thing would be to take just, that break. Just pause. Right. And take is that it, break. Does the 10 second thing, is that count to 10 thing? Cool? That helps. Yeah? That helps. Oh, yeah. Okay. But you know, you have to go back and revisit the issue. So I had a couple one time in marital therapy who said, okay, we're going to, we're going to pause when we get in a fight. We're just going to pause and take a break. And then they, they never going back to it. <laughs> they <laughs> the came pause back was and a said, lifelong yeah, pause. well, it was like a week or two. And they just, and I said, well, why didn't you go back to it? And they said, oh, it's just too difficult to talk about. And we don't want to because we don't want to talk about that issue. So I think at that point, you know, you have to say we do have to talk. If we get so escalated, maybe what we can do is, you know, just take a deep breath, maybe try to do some calming, and then go back to the issue and try to resolve it. Or or what would happen if they just avoided it? Would that not be good? No, I don't think that's good because then things build up and simmer yeah. again, and then you got that okay. boiling pot going okay. on. Okay, don't avoid, but what about compromise? 
You know, it's interesting. Marital research tells us two things about that. One is that agreeable people do better in marriages. So I always tell my kids, find someone agreeable. Mm -hmm. If you're going to marry somebody, find someone who's agreeable because they will accommodate you and it sort of comes naturally to agreeable people. And then the second thing is husbands who accept the influence of their wives have better marriages. But interestingly, not the reverse is true. And I don't really know why. Oh, why did you say that? I was going to ask you what. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't in the literature, but it could be that maybe wives are more willing to take, you know, maybe take an influence from their husbands, and husbands are, I don't know, that's, it sounds very stereotypical. Uh, yeah, it does. What about the old trope of birth order? If, if you're no, no, youngest, no, we're not no, going there. We're not uh, going yeah, there. No, we're not just, going there. Just wondered. <laughs> you know, actually, what it sounds like is you need a dose of humility. Yeah. <laughs> Admitting that your partner may have a good point or an idea or solution rather than always having to be right, actually is humility. Boy, and if we could get that right in all of our relationships, that is going to make a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. Humility allows you to work with another person um, because you're you're not, you know, you're doing what the Bible says. You're not just considering yourself. You're thinking about the other person. And really, when we get into fights, isn't that a lot of what we're doing? We're just thinking about ourselves. It's me and my territory and my rightness. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if you focus on solving the problem mm-hmm. instead of, you know, lashing out at each other, that's going to make a difference. But there are times when you can't solve a problem. Mm. And in fact, John Gottman says that 69% of issues that couples fight about don't ever get resolved. That's a huge number. Wow. But so that tells you that there's something about the process of when you're disagreeing mm-hmm. that's really important. So if you can't solve it, maybe agree to come back to it at another time or simply just agree to disagree. And then the bottom line of any argument is to discuss your differences, but value and appreciate the other person regardless of the problem and if they think differently from you. That's great advice. Okay, how does faith play into all of this? Well, Scripture is a great guide as to how we're to treat each other. We already started talking a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. At the minimum, obviously, name-calling and being disrespectful is really not the mark of a Christ follower. Your language, your behavior, your attitude should line up with the Word of God. That word humility I used a little bit ago? (laughs) Ha-ha! Everywhere in the Bible. Yeah, and it's the opposite of that is pride. Right. And that was the sin of the devil, which got him kicked out of heaven. Yep. And the sin of Adam and Eve, which led to expulsion from the garden. So pride leads to loss, and it's at the root of most relationship problems. I've said this so many times, but I think pride is the number one sin because it was the first sin in heaven, Mm -hmm. and it's the one God hates the absolute most. Yeah. Which takes us back to how do we fix that? I think it's forgiveness, right? It's forgiveness. And all our relationship have to do with our ability to forgive. You know, Norm, I saw a woman in couples counseling one time who had been very emotionally harmed by her husband. She was ready to walk away, but he had a change of heart. It seemed genuine, and he was truly repentant. So she wrote out all the ways that he had hurt her, and there were 25 single-spaced pages of that. Oh, my goodness. But he read each one. He apologized. They took each of those to prayer. And when they came up with ways to repair and rebuild that relationship, and she really held his feet to the fire, it was true. It was genuine. Forgiveness made a difference. And the change happened, and they have a solid marriage today. Okay, but he had to face the hurt he had caused her. And she had to be courageous enough to tell him. 
And she had to let go of those hurts right. once those were acknowledged. Right. So that's very important. Goodness. Well, that story is a great reminder of how God can change our hearts, but only when we ask Him to and we truly repent. And that's the hope. When you stay humble and willing to examine your own behavior in a fight, you can make changes. But too many people won't admit the hurt that they cause. They won't examine their heart. and They won't ask God to transform them. And so they stay stuck in that anger and that resentment. We hope you're not one of those people and will sincerely evaluate your behavior when you fight or have an argument. God is a change maker and can heal relationship hurts. But you need to be responsible for your words and your actions. That's good. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Normental, our engineer, and my co-host, Wait a minute, you're not my engineer. No, I'm not. You're just not. my co-host. You We've got what? Katie Sims, Isn't who's our technical great? producer, is doing a great job. She's somewhat new to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and we just appreciate her, and you may be hearing some other new names in the future. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.